I'm Cody. And I'm Dana. And you're listening to the Goddamn Football Podcast. Stomping through the club like I'm Rick James. Stomping through the club like I'm Rick James. Stomping through the club like I'm Rick James. I get star status. Hey. Star status tonight. And we ain't stopping till they cut on the lights. That's right. It has been three weeks, ladies and gentlemen. Three weeks since the Super Bowl. And that shit show of a Tom Brady offense. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, they won. Whatever. I'm over it by now. Uh, Here we are, you know. And the reason it took so long is because I had some personal work uh, obligations. So I wasn't able to be home to, to do this recording. But we are back, and not a lot has happened really anyways. It's kind of a dead space in the NFL. Uh, there's definitely a few big things to talk about, and we're, we got plenty of stuff for our show. But I don't feel like waiting three weeks really cost us a whole lot, because there were no games missed, obviously. Um, what do we got on the lineup, Cody? Um, we're going to talk about the big trade. Where Carson Wentz between the Eagles and Colts. Yep. Uh, we get into a little bit of J.J. Watt. Um, free agency preview. Dana's got five NFL free agency bowl predictions, as do I. Oh, I'm ready for that one. Dana's got five Packers moves, as do I. And I got five Eagles moves. And I might just come up with five on my own as well. <laughs> On the fly. All right, first let's talk about the Carson Wentz trade. Um, Philadelphia Eagles traded Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts for a 2021 third-round pick and a conditional 2022 second-round pick that could become a first-round pick if one or two things happens. And that's if Carson Wentz starts 75% of the Indianapolis Colts snaps next season. Or Carson Wentz starts 70% of the Indianapolis Colts starts and they make the playoffs. So um, I'm happy with the trade. I mean, obviously we didn't get what Detroit got. But that's because the Rams are stupid. That's why Detroit got what they got. <laughs> um, but I, it, to me, it's a good, it's it's a win-win for both teams, because if obviously if Colts are getting the Carson Wentz that we think is going to play in Indianapolis, obviously the Eagles get a first rounder, and I, you know, a first and a third is pretty dang good. That's pretty good compensation. And then I mean, if he continues to be the same guy he was last year. But the Eagles get a second and a third, which is still pretty good compensation for the way he played last year. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> so, yeah. um, it also protects the Indianapolis Colts from giving up, you know, a first-round pick if he does continue uh, down the path that he was last year. It protects it a little bit. Um, and I don't know why there's not more trades like that. Um yeah, that's a really good structure to to build into the trade con, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it, the trade contract. 
um, if you will, you know, write it up to where um, if the team that is landing it gets one hell of a, a pick out of the trade, then the team that lost them, you know, gets a little bit more. Not you know anything astronomical, but I, I like that, you know. Yeah, like I said, it kind of it kind of protects both teams. Yeah, it does. It protects both teams, and then you know the other part that we've talked about in past episodes of that win-win scenario is if you don't trade Carson Wentz, it's kind of a lose-lose. He doesn't want to be there. <laughs> right. You're not gonna get the same kind of play level out of him that he would, you know, play at potentially if he was extremely happy where he was. So, um, and, and also you're going to have all the media, you know, frenzying about the quarterback competition that's going on, which you need one of those guys to think they're the guy. So if you're moving forward with Jalen Hurts, then you move forward with Jalen Hurts, not a competition. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean. And then. Jalen Hurts has got to feel some pressure, though, if yeah. Eagles go drafting another quarterback, something like that. Like, sure, you want him to still feel the pressure, but you also got to, you know, you're walking a line there. Hurts has got to believe that he's the guy, and I think he already does because essentially they traded Carson Wentz because they thought Hurts was good enough. Well, even before they traded Carson Wentz, he had, he had made um, plans with the receivers to go down to Houston because he's got a He's from Houston, the Houston area. Yeah. And he had already made plans, even before the trade talks started, um, to go down and work with the receivers. That's currently on the Eagles. And he also had recently worked out with Deshaun Watson and a couple other quarterbacks around the league down there in Houston. Um, I don't know. I, I'm split on it, like. I like Jalen Hurts. Um, I liked what I saw from him last year for the most part. It's just, like I said, the one issue for me is that completion percentage. It was just been, it was bad. Um, yep. I mean, Wentz, Wentz actually had a higher completion percentage, and he looked, but he looked worse. Yep. Um, so, I mean, I don't know how Jalen Hurts did that, but. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll see. You'll be, we'll know if they believe in him or not come draft day. Because if they really don't believe in him, you know, with that sixth overall pick or maybe even a trade-up, they're going to take a quarterback. Yep, but I don't see him doing that. I do see him maybe taking a quarterback to keep the pressure on, but it'll be a late rounder. Um, we'll see. I, I think it's all going to depend on... Because obviously they're going to evaluate all the court, all the first round quarterbacks, or probably all the quarterbacks. Period. And if there's anybody that they just like are drooling over, then they'll probably go get them. But if not, they will probably sign a veteran that this coaching staff has worked with before. They've worked with um, a couple free agents: Tyrod Taylor, Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> and obviously there's always rumors about Nick Foles coming back to Philadelphia. <laughs> it's just a non-stop rumor. 
Yeah, it would make sense at this point in his career. <laughs> that I mean, dude's one of the luckiest quarterbacks ever. He just goes places and gets paid. <laughs> when he comes in as a backup, he always seems to play well. So he just needs to be a backup, you know? <laughs> right. And he is. And you know, this is what I tell, I tell people. He's one of the best backups of all time. He, no, he, the he's the team. GOAT of backup. Right? <laughs> I mean, he won a Super Bowl as a backup. He won a Super Bowl MVP coming in, you know, for Wentz. I mean, yeah, it's kind of hard to you know to win seven Super Bowls as a backup quarterback. You know, to me, winning one Super Bowl is equal to winning seven as a starter. You know what I mean? Yeah, because <laughs> most teams, you can, I mean, just look at NFL history. You don't see backups come in. And put up good numbers as as if they're the starters, you know. But then every time he's been the starter, I don't know what it is about his mentality. If he gets too comfortable, gets lazy. But when he's the backup, he goes in there, he plays relaxed, plays at a high level, fast speed, you know. He doesn't think so much or something. Because <laughs> there's no pressure. Yeah. Really. There's no pressure to, del- to, to deliver. Right. You know, when you're the backup, it's like, well, well, well. What do <laughs> Here I got? we go again. Yep. What do I got to lose? I might as well go out there and ball. Maybe I'll get a paycheck out of this. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, so, I mean, we'll see. All I, got, all I know is I got to buy a new jersey. That's all I know. <laughs> I got three jerseys sitting at home in my closet. They're all Carson Wentz jerseys. I wish I still had, uh. My Eddie Lacy jersey. I had a really sweet Eddie Lacy jersey that had like. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, that got stolen when my house got broken into in Columbus. <laughs> that sucks. Yep. Um, move on to Carson. Or, excuse me. Move on to JJ Watt being released from the Houston Texans. Um, my sources tell me. And J.J. Watt has narrowed it down to three teams. Um, his hometown team, or home state or whatever. Yeah, home state team. Green Bay Packers. The Tennessee Titans. And I believe the third was the Buccaneers. Um, I'm surprised Steelers aren't on that list. So you can play with his brother. Uh, maybe Steelers are just something interested. I don't know. Maybe they can't afford them. Whatever. I kind of thought that was that would that, that would have been cool to watch. There were so many rumors. I heard Steelers at one point. I heard Browns at one point were one of his top three teams. But it's funny because every time anybody's ever mentioned the top three, the Packers have been in it. Even with the other two teams changing, the Packers have always been in it. I mean, it just makes sense, really. I mean, he's he went to Wisconsin. He's from Wisconsin. He was a Packers fan growing up his whole life. Yeah. What kid doesn't want to eventually play for their favorite team? Right. Yeah, Um. I hope he ends up with Green Bay, but I also think he would be an excellent player on any NFL team. So, you know, the teams that can afford him, the teams that need him the most, you know, I, I, to, to me, he is an instant upgrade for Green Bay in one of their weakest areas, which is run stopping. 
their defensive line just wasn't holding up last year at, you know, at many times. And, you know, putting him next to, uh, I keep wanting to say Mike Daniels, but Mike Daniels is gone. It's, uh, I just drew a blank. Smith? No, defensive lineman. What's his name? I'm looking it up. Ain't talking about snacks, are you? No, we got snacks, but I don't even think he ended up playing much. Kenny Clark. Mm, mm, yeah. Yeah. Kenny Clark was our stud. Mike Daniels has been gone for a couple years now. Kenny Clark filled his shoes and has done excellently in doing so at that defensive tackle, nose tackle position. Um... But putting Kenny Clark and J.J. Watt next to each other, in my mind, um, and then our other defensive linemen, we do have some some young up-and-comers, Kingsley Kiki, Dean Lowry. Uh, we picked up Snacks. Don't know if he'll stick around. Um, you know, But I do feel like that would give the defensive line some really good depth with two excellent like Pro Bowl caliber starters. And then they can rotate that third D lineman, keep him fresh all the time, play the hot hand. But anyways, I don't want to get too much into the Packers, because um, I have some bold predictions in free agency for them, as well as our next segment, which is five bold predictions for free agency in the entire NFL. Who do we think might land in certain places? Sweet. Sounds like we're taking turns. Do you want to get started or do you want me to start? Go ahead. All right. My number one actually is kind of a twofer. I don't know, you know, I, I don't know uh, a lot of NFL teams as well as I know the Packers. So some of my research is, is things that maybe other people aren't thinking about. Um, such as where a person was born. And it's kind of funny. I found this, this storyline uh, just come to fruition when I was using a Google search for Kenny Galladay, well, for free agents. I looked up Kenny Galladay and a- Alan Robinson. Uh, did you know, Cody, that Kenny Galladay was born in Chicago, but he plays for Detroit? And that Allen Robinson was born in Detroit, but he plays for Chicago. No, I did not. <laughs> but I do now. <laughs> yes, I found this very interesting. I said to myself, "Wow, both both teams really made, or both players really made a name for themselves on their current teams. Um, you know, kind of homegrown on those two teams. And you know, Chicago wants to keep Allen Robinson, and you know." Kenny Galladay wants, or Detroit wants to keep Kenny Galladay, but both teams are kind of in, uh, not necessarily cap trouble, but they're they're feeling the crunch, and both teams could benefit immensely from franchise tagging their players, or tag and trade, and I think that it would be, uh, it could be a win-win easily for both teams to just do like an even up trade um, with like, well, it wouldn't be even up. So both 
both players are about even caliber, but I just I foresee that they end up switching places. Kenny Galladay gets to go home, and Allen Robinson gets to go home. Uh, not sure how the contract would work out, but it just that storyline would be cool. Um, I just want to say we are making these predictions, not really knowing the cap situation for all the teams, and obviously franchise tags and transition tags haven't happened yet. So. Yep, these are pre. Uh, oops. <laughs> these are uh, pre-free agency bold predictions. Yes. And then after free agency <coughs> officially starts, we will either redo this segment or have we'll have a, another segment that's uh, similar, talking about free agency. Absolutely. Alright, my number one bold prediction. The Dolphins signed trio of playmakers Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, and Leonard Fournette. Oh, snap. They've got all that cap room, too. Yeah. That'd be a good, good bolster of their... No more excuses for Tua. Tackle whatever. (laughs) <laughs> He's got receivers now. I just gave you a Pro Bowl roster. Time to win. Yep. All right, my next, uh, I'm actually down to number three on my list because my last was a twofer. But Shaq Griffin, um, cornerback for Seattle. A lot of people think Seattle might franchise tag him. But I honestly think Seattle's in bad enough cap space, and Shaq Griffin is worth more than the franchise tag. He'll be very unhappy that Seattle lets him walk. Uh, I think they will let him walk and get the compensatory pick because he's a high-caliber player. And I think that Shaq Griffin ends up landing in a team that is in a, a high-stakes decision to cut their corner, well, to let their corner walk, who is also a free agency. So it's they've got plenty of cap room, and that team is Cincinnati. Cincy has plenty of cap space to re-sign their corner, who is William Jackson III. Well, he's a great corner. Um, uh, well, not great. He's a solid corner. He was very good, one of their best defensive players. But... If you're going to go out and pay somebody the money, you might as well get a great corner. You know, if you're going to pay the money and you know that Shaq Griffin is available on the market, why would you spend the money on your current corner who's just good when you could probably pay maybe a million or two more and get one of the top five corners in the league? Who's still young, by the way. That's my bold prediction. Shaq Griffin... Avoids the the franchise tag or the transition tag from Seattle and goes to Cincy and becomes the highest paid corner in the NFL currently. Okay, since you did a two for earlier, I'm going to do a two for now. Both trades. Oh. Deshaun Watson traded to the Carolina Panthers. Zach Ertz joins Carson Wentz. And is traded to the Indianapolis Colts. Interesting. How would both of those work out? Uh, what do you mean, compensation? 
Well, I mean, like, let's talk about uh, Deshaun Watson first. So, he ends up going where, you said? Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers, that's right. I mean, he definitely fits the Carolina Panthers, like, history of quarterback styles being uh, a, a scramble, scramble-capable you know, pocket passer. He's very much like Teddy Bridgewater, just like uh, very similar to Cam Newton as well in his style. I think he's much more of a pocket passer than either two of those. Although Teddy's pretty good. Uh, do you think Carolina really needs a quarterback that bad? I think Teddy could... The pick an eighth. The pick an eighth, yeah. I mean... Deshaun Watson is considered... A top five in the NFL. So, Teddy Bridgewater is definitely not. Sean Watson is definitely a, at least currently, considered, you know, a lock for being a top five. In my trade that I would, that I would say would happen is um, four first-round picks and Teddy Bridgewater shipped to Houston. Four first-round picks? That's what they're talking. That's what they, they've been talking. Holy smokes. Four first-round picks. And Teddy Bridgewater shipped to Houston. Wow. Maybe they should do what similar to what the Eagles did with Wentz. Make it three first-round picks and a third with the potential to be a first, you know, uh, if they make yeah. the playoffs. <laughs> But I know that's what Houston wants. They're saying they don't want to trade Watson, but if they do, they want four first-round picks. And so. Yeah, that's just not going to happen. <laughs> Unless a team has a couple first-round picks already or something over the next couple of years. <clears throat> but that would be one hell of a bold prediction. I mean, talk that'd be the biggest news that we've ever had in the NFL over the last few years, that kind of trade. I mean, yeah, that, yeah, that has never, ever happened. I mean, that's... The most first-round picks ever in a trade was, what, three? Yeah, the RG3 trade. Yeah. Back in 2012. Yeah. That would be nuts. And then uh, Zach Hurts joins Carson Wentz. Um, and I would think that a, a trade, would, I could see, you know, something kind of like what they got back for Carson Wentz. Maybe the Eagles get a fourth-round pick. And then maybe a third round pick next year that can turn into a two if he plays or has certain numbers or whatever. Yeah. Um so yeah. That's uh That'd be that'd be interesting for sure. Yeah. Alright, we'll move on to my number four. Giants cut Leonard Williams. Well they let him walk. I think he's already in a contract year. Leonard Williams defensive tackle and they do so because they can't afford to keep both Dalvin Tomlinson and Leonard Williams both excellent defensive tackles both very talented obviously Leonard Williams has the upper hand statistically uh, but that also means he's going to come with a higher price tag and I think that Giants see value in Dalvin Tomlinson uh, to where they think he'll easily still be able to step into that that same role as Leonard Williams and do well. So they're going to kind of, they can't afford to keep them both, so they're going to keep the more value 
less money, similar talent. They're going to keep Dalvin Tomlinson. They're going to let Leonard Williams walk. Um, but I also see potential for them to, so they can get something more than just a p- compensatory pick, they might tag and trade Leonard Williams because the market is pretty high for defensive tackles. So we'll we'll kind of see, but that's how I think the Giants are going to handle that situation. They're going to end up re-signing Dalvin Tomlinson because they're going to create the cap space by letting Leonard Williams walk. Um, number four on my list, um, Curtis Samuel, former Ohio State running back slash wide receiver, who now plays for the Carolina Panthers, will sign with the Arizona Cardinals. And he will... The other part of the board is kind of a twofer. I think he goes back to playing more running back than receiver because Arizona starting running back Kenny Drake is a pretty good. Interesting. And uh, to me, to me, Curtis Samuel has the same skill set as um, uh, what's his face on the on the Panthers that running back white boy. Uh, McCaffrey. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey. I think him and Curtis Samuel have the same skill set. McCaffrey's definitely more solid, well-rounded, but I, I do see that similar skill set. All right, that brings us to my last bold prediction, uh, which actually just builds on... Uh, I kind of had a twofer, really, with four and five, but I wanted to save it. So, after the Giants let Leonard Williams walk, I think Leonard Williams has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, and he doesn't want to leave New York. He's pissed off at the Giants. And since he can't go to another NFC East team... Because they're all broke. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. His best way to get back at the Giants is to stay right there in New York and become a Jet. And I think... He's just going to become a New York Jet and go out there and destroy. I think he's going to have a great year, be a really high-paid quarterback or uh, really high-paid player, defensive tackle, and he's going to go out there and be a stud for the Jets. But, you know, as we all know, the Jets don't have a whole lot going for him aside from having some money to spend right now. <laughs> yeah. That's for I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, my last one's not really all that bold, to be honest. Uh, Buccaneers re-signed Gronkowski and I, Antonio Brown. I mean, it's not bold, but at the same time, why not? Keep them all one-year deals. You know, they're towards the end of their end of their careers. Obviously, Gronk's retired once. He's just playing because he can win more Super Bowls with Tom. Right. <laughs> like, why not? Why not have some more fun? Yep. I mean, shit. If you can... Get plastered and go out and throw the Lombardi Trophy around. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, shit, man. I would probably do that, too. So You can't hate them. (laughs) You want to so bad because you're sick and tired of them. (laughs) Sick and tired of watching them win the Super Bowl. Yep. Uh, Let's go ahead and move on to the Packers, David. We're moving on. All right, so we got five. Uh, not necessarily bold predictions, but five things I think the Packers should do in free agency or approaching free agency here. Uh, number one for me 
is we need to throw the transition tag on Aaron Jones. Um, for running backs this year, the transition tag is close to 8 mil. I know Aaron Jones wants uh, close to 15 mil from what my sources were uh, telling me, but Packers can't afford that right now. Uh, things are a little bit tight, and I think we, we slap Aaron Jones with the transition tag. And I don't see Aaron Jones as the type of player to try and sit out or hold out at all. I think he'll just deal with it and he'll play. And then, you know, as the season goes on next year, I think we're going to be in a better place to sign him long term as long as he, you know, proves himself again. And I, I have no doubt that he will. Now, you realize this is where he made transitions so that he can talk to the teams, right? I did not know that. Yes. On a transition tag, they would Green Bay would have to give him a tender, which says the second round pick, and say the Jets call up Aaron Jones and talk to him. You guys are willing to give him eight mil. The Jets say we'll give you twelve, and then they uh, send you a second round pick. Now you can match it. Green Bay would have a would have the opportunity to match it. Okay. But I don't see Green Bay paying Aaron Jones $12 million. I don't either. Um, so then, but I mean, that could, I mean, either way, that could work out for Green Bay because the Jets has a second pick in the first round. I mean, you still got a chance to get another first-round talent there. So, yeah. I mean, that could still work out for the Packers, but I just wasn't sure if you knew that or not. I didn't. I thought that was just like a... Restricted free agency thing. I didn't realize the tender tag worked that way. Or the transition tag. Uh, my number one for the Packers. I have them signing J.J. Watt. You stole my number two, you fucker. <laughs> well, is that your number two? <laughs> we'll go on to my number two. I have the Packers signing Will Fuller. Oh, yes, there was speculation that they were going to try to trade for him uh, this past season, actually, late in the year. Yep. He would be a great fit in the offense. Uh, I, I'm i pretty solid on their current wide receiver core, but, you know, you can never have enough, you know, big talent. And we've got so many big wide receivers, it's fantastic. Honestly, Will Fuller would be another huge upgrade because um, he would take place. I, I think Alan Lazard would end up being our number three, and we'd end up using um, what's his name, Mark Speedster in the slot. That's cool. Oh, I forgot. We signed Tavon Austin too towards the end of the year, so we finally do have like a slot type of guy. Vasquez Scalding or whatever? Yeah, Valdez uh, Scantling. Yeah. So, uh, Tavon Austin and Valdez Scantling towards... Adams plays a lot of slot too, though. Yeah, Adams can play everywhere. You, you put him... I mean, he's number one wide receiver in the NFL, in my opinion, and you put him anywhere. So, that would that's what would be amazing is having Will Fuller and Devontae Adams on the same field. Who are you going to stop? You know, go ahead, double Adams. Will Fuller's going to be open. 
Go ahead, double willful. <laughs> Adams is definitely gonna be open. So uh, that, that that could be pretty scary. Plus, I think uh, you know Packers found some real good talent at that tight end position. But we all know that weakness was their defense last year for the most part, and shoring up that defensive line by signing J.J. Watt could be huge. All right, what's your number? Th- well, is it my turn? Yeah. My number three, uh, we're going to, obviously I said number one, we would transition Tagger and Jones, but that still leaves us with a franchise tag available. And Corey Lindsley would be my guy that we got to keep. Um, and actually offensive linemen and centers are kind of expensive uh, around the league. And I don't know what Corey Lindsley wants, but... I think, honestly, we would be paying him more than what he wants by franchise tagging him. Uh, the franchise tag for offensive linemen is like 12 mil. That's pretty damn solid for an offensive lineman center. Uh, I, I, I feel like if I was Corey Lindsley, I'd be happy with that. Sure, you want the long-term deal, but you're getting guaranteed one-year money right there. That's pretty solid money. Um... I got franchise tag Aaron Jones. And I'm going to tell you why you did it wrong. All right. Um, Business-wise, it makes more sense to franchise. If, if, you want, if, if, if you want to keep both players, if that's all you care about is keeping both players, screw getting draft picks, I want to keep both players on my football team. Business-wise, it makes more sense to franchise tag Aaron Jones because nobody else can talk to him. And then you transition tag uh, your center. Um, Corey Lindsley. Corey Lindsley. You uh, tender him with a, a second or third-round pick. He's almost 30 years old. Nobody's giving up a second or third-round pick for a 30-year-old center. Nobody. I see it. I get it. So, that, that's a, you did it wrong. But that's okay. Well, I was just thinking in terms of the bottom line, the money. Because uh, I think the franchise tag is worth closer to ten mil instead of eight. Yeah, no, no I, I get your philosophy on it. You, know, you were taking money. But um, at the end of the day, you won. I, I just think business-wise, it's smarter to franchise tag Aaron Jones. That way he's untouchable. And you tender... The center, and nobody's giving up a second or third round pick for a center. Makes uh, sense. Third year old center. So, you're number four. All right, number four. So earlier, uh, my bold prediction of Cincinnati landing Shaq Griffin because Seattle lets him walk. Well, now I got a threefer because Green Bay is tired of Kevin King letting people burn him deep in the biggest game of the year. You cost us the game, motherfucker. Not really, but, you know, uh, there's a lot of bad blood there. He's had a lot of big plays that have cost us majorly against him, and he's been injured left and right. So I think Green Bay either... Trades Kevin King, cuts him, whatever. They cut their ties with Kevin King. 
and they sign William Jackson III, who Cincinnati let go because they upgraded already to Shaq Griffin. And I think that William Jackson III walks right in. He's very similar in size. He's actually a tall corner. He's a six-footer, speedster. He's so much like Kevin King. The big difference is he's played every year. Three years in a row, hasn't had major injury problems. So Green Bay sees value in that. If they're going to pay to keep a corner around, they're going to go out and grab William Jackson the third out of Cincy. Um, I disagree with you. I think uh, um, the Packers re-signed Kevin King on a one-year deal. Um, you know, obviously, I got the Packers signing a lot and forward. I got to save some more somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think they, they bring him back on a one-year deal, see what happens. See if he can stay healthy and, and, and play better because like I, I think Kevin King can be a great corner. I do too. I still um, don't want to give up on him. I'm just pissed at what he's done. I, I I'm not gonna lie, I mean that NFC championship it was bad. Yeah. Um it was. That dude got burnt left and right. But yeah. I mean it happens, dude. I mean <laughs> it happens. It, it does, yeah. Um, we don't know. I mean, uh, I mean, look at uh, what's your guys' best core? Jair. Jair um, Alexander. Um, when you guys played the Eagles, like up until that point, I don't know if after that game if he gave up any touchdowns or not. But up until that point, that dude had not given up no touchdowns to nobody. Yep. And he gave up a touchdown. To a practice squad player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I you like... You can have bad games. Shit happens. Yeah, you can have bad games. But if you... I mean, Jair was huge all season. Like, if you look at his stat line, it's almost unbelievable. He, I think he only allowed one or two touchdown catches all season. And, in fact, he, he allowed less than ten catches all season. <laughs> against... That's insane. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Very insane. People just don't throw his way either. But you know when they did. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> don't do that again. <laughs> did you have any more Packers? Um. And my number four was really a uh, a twofer. Well, it was everything built off of it. You know. Um. My my last one was that. We're going to cut Kevin King, even though you you say we're going to re-sign him. Um, after we sign William Jackson III, there's no reason to keep Kevin King around aside from depth, and he's costing us too much money to to just keep him there for backup. We've got some good corners at backup already. So that's my number five is cut Kevin King. And then I have um, the Packers signing... Tight end Jordan Reed to be their backup, basically. Um, who was your guys at tight ends last year? You had uh, a dude that came out of nowhere. Um, well, yeah, uh, we had... Fuck, now I'm wrong, drawing a blank. Robert Tunyon. Tunyon. Yeah. Bobby Tunyon. Yeah, Robert Tunyon, I mean, he, he's locked in as a starter. Yep. And then I got Jordan Reed being his backup. 
the backup decided him as his backup. That wouldn't be a really good backup because uh, they're similar in skill set. Um, Jordan Reed's very athletic. Um, he's, I mean, he's almost close to like a receiver. Yep. So, um, very very similar skill set, and I think that well, Packers don't necessarily need a backup. Um, but <coughs> if they want somebody who can go out there and be a receiving tight end, our depth in that department isn't as great. We've got mostly blockers. Um, we did draft Jace Sternberger out of uh, Texas A&M last year and or two years ago, and he was pretty solid, but he had some injury issues. And he's not a burner, though. He's a blocker. I think he's going to end up taking the place of um, Mercedes Lewis. Mercedes Lewis. He's going to be our new big dog, being there for blocking plays. Yeah, I think Jordan Reed would be a smart signing for the Packers. Yeah. And it would be cheap. It would be super cheap, and he'd be a heck of a... Heck of a, a good receiver to, well, tight end to have in as basically a receiving tight end. Imagine having Tunyon and Jordan Reed out there in a dual, dual tight end set, you know. Set. Yeah, having Tunyon at tight end and then you stick uh, Reed over in the slot. Yep. <clears throat> or a two tight end setup, even if you got one tight yeah. end on each side. Yeah. That'd be pretty fucking sweet. All right. Tanya needs to learn behind a good route running tight end, too. On to my Eagles predictions. Um, my five are I got the Eagles re-signing Derek Barnett. There's a lot of fans that, because Derek Barnett was, uh, actually he was the pick that uh, we used when we traded, uh, or the pick we got when we traded Bradford to the Minnesota Vikings. The pick we got in exchange uh, turned into Derek Barnett, but he's on his uh, that fifth year option. You get with a first round pick now. Um, he's owed ten million dollars guaranteed to start a league year, <clears throat> um, which is a high price tag for him because he hasn't really quite lived up to the hype. But he's still only twenty four years old. Um, he's still a young player, developing. Um, I still believe in him. I do agree that $10 million is too much. So what you do is you go rip that up and you just resign him to a long-term deal and pay him what you think he deserves. Uh, it's $3 million, $5 million, whatever. Um, and then I got um, three straight signings, low-key signings. Um... For the Eagles, that has a lot that has, that has to do with the coaching, the new coaching staff. These are all guys that have worked under Sirianni or some some of his guys. I got the Eagles signing Xavier Rhodes. Um, he worked with the Eagles D coordinator in, in Indianapolis last year. Um, Malik Hooker also worked with the D coordinator in Indianapolis last year. Hooker um, got hurt last year. I think he can come in and, and potentially become an all-pro. Um, and then I got the Eagles signing um, Chargers uh, guard Forrest Lamp. So Sirianni worked worked with him and and then he, or, um, excuse me in San Diego. 
when it was the San Diego Chargers. And then I got one big move that he was going to make. They're going to make enough room for this one big splash. Eagles signed Juju Smith-Schuster. I was going to say something. I'm like, Eagles need receivers more than any other position. And they need like two or three of them. Because they don't have any man beaters. Yeah, but, but one guy. But but <laughs> they don't have a lot of money right now. So we got we to go for one. Yeah. We're going to make a major one. Because um, Juju Smith-Schuster is going to hit the open market at only 23 years old. 23 yeah. years old. He's been, I mean, he's been in the Pro Bowl before. Yep. And um, I just I just think he's a perfect slot receiver. He can play outside, too. But he's he's best in the slot. And to me, like, the Eagles need to go full board. As soon as free agents, he starts, get enough room for Juju Smith-Schuster. Find out what he wants. Give him what he wants. Give him the film. Yeah. That would be huge. Well, uh, that's all we got today, I believe. Yep, short show today. Uh, We tried to stretch it out even. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, one is quiet around the NFL right now. It's quiet around the NFL. Yep. So that's it for episode 10 of the Cod Dan Football Podcast. You do.